Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to Cats. If it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by La Rosa's. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in a bit. Today, we are going to talk about John Calipari. Being super generous, John Calipari mentioning some potential changes to the starting lineup. Josh Allen making some headlines. Uh, and we will wrap with a, another botched transfer situation. I don't know how these coaches continually to be so dumb. But we'll start with John Calipari. Um, we'll start on the court, Kyle. Uh, in his coaches show tonight, he mentioned that uh, he was asked actually about changing some bigs in the starting lineup. And in all honesty... It kind of sounded like he was open to it. Yeah, and to me, if if you make that move, we've talked about it a little bit. To me, it makes sense to to do a, a swap for Nick Richards for Reed Travis right now, um, just because I think Nick has really answered the bell lately. If you watch the latest sort of behind the scenes video that Kentucky put out, uh, those are always really cool, really slickly produced. The the, the footage is nice, and you get get kind of a behind-the-scenes look with Cal Perry talking to him in the locker room. And it's clear that he continues to try to push that button uh, with Nick and, you know, had the the scene where he said, you know, if we're going to do great things, it's going to be because of this guy and pointed to Nick. And then at halftime of the uh, Georgia game, he said, you were spectacular or something like that, and everybody was giving Nick love. Um, But we mentioned it on the last episode, too, after, after that game. Um, that over the last six games, his per 40-minute averages are 12.5 rebounds and 5.5 blocks. And that is really good, really effective. He had three blocks in like 14 minutes the other night. He's just really given him a lift and and done, I would say, exactly what Calipari has asked him to do. And I I do believe that Calipari is of the mindset that you can't, you know, his style can't win at the highest level unless they have a rim protector. Uh, and he's been imploring Nick to be that guy. And so um, that that combination of how Nick's playing, what they feel like they need out of the big guys, and the fact that Reed has shown he's going to struggle some against length uh, in the SEC, you know, long athletic bigs in the, in the SEC, and the slow starts the team has had, um, I kind of like the idea of at least giving that a look for a couple games. Let's see how Nick... Uh, would do in that role. And and the other thing he mentioned, Cal mentioned in talking about that, was that the other guys, it's not like they don't know that they're going to still get their minutes. And that, to me, also sort of, if I'm guessing, you know, trying to read the tea leaves, I think the one guy on the roster who would be most comfortable in his own skin if he got moved out of the starting lineup would be Reed Travis. And the guy that would be the most rational about it and say, hey, I'm still going to play 25, 30 minutes a game. You know, doesn't matter who starts. Um that would be Reed Travis. So um, if if they make a change, I would guess it would be that one. And uh, and I think I, I think it would be interesting to see. I, I, Nick has played so well that I think it could could be a really smart move. Uh, Calipari also said on his coaches show he was asked about potentially Reed Travis and Nick Richards playing together, and he was kind of like, "Well, EJ's got to play too." <laughs> and to your point, I guess I guess that might be 
Well, we haven't seen it uh, on the court together much, but that might not be a, a great lineup to have. I guess those pieces may not fit the way Calipari sees it. So uh, that wouldn't, I mean, potentially if you're looking to insert Nick into the starting lineup, you could theoretically take out PJ as well, but I don't think you want to do that uh, because he has been pretty consistent this season. And, you know, despite having a couple off games, when you look at his point totals in the last couple games, uh, he's been pretty good all year long. Let's switch to what Calipari had to say uh, off the court tonight on his coach's show. He got a call uh, from Candace, who works in the federal prison penitentiary here in Lexington, and she called in to thank him uh, because the Calipari Foundation is helping people that are currently being furloughed uh, because of the government shutdown. Uh, Kyle, it was it was kind of a cool moment. Uh, Calipari talked, went on, I, I clipped it out, and it was over a seven-minute kind of talk about why he's doing it. Um, and the reasons are, uh, seem to be pretty genuine because he talked about growing up, how he and Ellen, his wife, both their families kind of lived paycheck to paycheck at times, and he knows that some of the families that are affected by the government shutdown uh, could be in the same boat. Yeah, and you know the neat thing about that call was it it kind of broke some news that he had not really tried to share on his own. He had not um, publicized what the foundation his his fa- foundation was doing for these families, um, and I think planned to keep it that way, kind of do it on the down low. And then this woman called in who was a beneficiary of it and, and shared it. And so he went ahead and kind of confirmed and explained a little bit about it um, and, and said that they never intended for anyone to know and that he and his wife, Ellen, had just been watching the news and seeing some of the things that were going on and, and asked each other, how can we help here locally? And he, he wanted to find out how many people were affected in Lexington by the shutdown who were not going to be getting paychecks. And it was, I think between four and 500. And um, yeah, I, I just, that was a really neat moment and a a really, um, I mean, altruistic, I guess is the only thing I could think of thing for Calipari to do and his his wife to do. Uh, I think both his daughters tweeted about it after. And and I think it was Aaron said that, you know, people, people kind of crap on her dad all the time and criticize him, but they, they have no idea how many, things like that he does sort of behind the scenes and um so very cool i i i what i like the most about it is that there was by all accounts i don't think they staged the caller uh there was no plan to make this public and it just kind of came out um well I so would, that I would. Ad, to me that adds a level of like that's really that's really uh, a cool thing well, I, I can confirm that the call was not, like, staged. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> As the call screener? <laughs> yeah, she called in, and she gave the topic she was going to talk about, and then Calipari said, yeah, I'll talk about that. Um, because uh, there was a little bit of miscommunication between um, the on-site, because they're, they're out of the studio when they do the show, and myself. They thought that she just called in, and then I was relaying a message to John. That's what I call him when we're on the show, because we're all on equal footing, I guess. Um, Anyway, and... Uh, and basically said, no, she's on the line. She wanted to thank him. And he said, yeah, I'll take the call. And then, uh, so he knew it was coming. And, I, you know, then he then he explained why all the things. He, he mentioned that it, it's through the REACH program. And I believe Kroger's also helping um, in the process to get food and medicine and those kind of deals through that. So, you know, it's kind of like a team effort. And he gave, he gave props to those other uh, programs as well. Um, but, yeah, it's just, it's just a cool moment. And, then, I mean, part of the speech, it was... We often joke, Kyle, about him becoming a politician, but honestly, when he got to portions of it, you, you could almost have put it in a political stump speech because it was basically, come on, guys, think about 
you know, you're doing this government thing, you're shutting it shut down, and you're only the only thing you're hurting are the people. You're not really hurting each other. You're not really scoring any points with anybody. Yeah, no, and and if you think about all the sort of the big blue madness ad- addressing the the big blue nation, as it were, state of the of the big blue union addresses he does every year. I mean, if he wants to be a politician when he stops coaching, he he can be one yes. and probably be a very successful one. Mm-hmm. And, and if he, I, you know, people joke about it, but I, I think. I think Calipari could win the governorship of the state of Kentucky. Well, I mean, yeah, I would agree. And, um, you know, I look forward to reading about that on The Athletic in about <laughs> seven years. I'll, I'll put a, a timestamp on it there. Um, all right, uh, coming up next, we will talk some more. We'll get back to some sports. We'll start to stick to sports a little bit more. But first, I do want to take a break and talk a little bit about La Rosa's Family Pizzeria, which is coming to Lexington right across the street from Skyline Chili on Richmond Road in February of 2019. La Rosa's is a Cincinnati thing, just like Skyline. It was started by a guy named Buddy La Rosa, who talked three of his friends into throwing in a few hundred bucks a piece, and they opened their first pizzeria on Cincinnati's west side in 1954. La Rosa's now has 64 pizzerias, and the nearest one is up I-75 in Dry Ridge. I frequent that one quite a bit when I go visit friends and family. Uh, the great thing about La Rosa's, uh, it's not just the pizza. They have a ton of other menu items, over 40 selections to be exact, and all of that is will be available for pickup and delivery when the Lexington uh, location opens. Uh, so be sure to be paying attention and to keep, mark your calendars. February's right around the corner and La Rosa's will be here. And you'll be able to get delicious pizza, pasta, salads, all kinds of food at La Rosa's. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Josh Allen time. He, he had some news today. Uh, well, actually, there was a, it was a tweet that was kind of got a little viral-ish uh, from ESPN. And it was Todd McShay's top 10 impact rookies on defense. And I'll read through them real quick. One, Nick Bosa. Two, Quinnen Williams. Three, Devin White. Four, Jeffrey Simmons. Five, Greedy Williams. That is Nick Bosa from Ohio State, and that's four SEC players in a row. Uh, then Rashawn uh, Gary of Michigan, Clinton Farrell of Clemson, Devin Bush, Michigan, Ed Oliver, Houston. And number 10, Josh Allen of Kentucky. Uh, I'll, I'll quickly uh, relay what Cash Daniel had to say in a quote tweet. He said, the defensive player of the year is projected 10th. Have you all not seen film of this man? Uh Kyle, I don't know about you, but I think it is kind of silly to not think that he would be one of the top 10 most impactful defensive rookies in the NFL, considering he was the defensive player of the year. Yeah, well, and, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't impact players. It was just his top 10 overall draft prospect. Well, well the I tweet I read, it was probably that, but the way it was phrased from ESPN or SportsCenter, whoever did the tweet. They said, do you need an impact rookie on defense? This McShay says this is your draft. Because all of his top ten prospects are defensive guys. Well, that's not going to happen. Um, in the draft order, at probably least. Probably not, but uh, yeah, probably not. I, I mean, I don't know what quarterback, but somebody will take a quarterback in the top ten, surely. Haskins. Um, yeah. I mean, every one of those guys are, is fantastic. And I guess it just sort of depends on your need. Um, you know, the only thing I would say is they've got one other outside linebacker ahead of them. But, you know, the other guys, it's defensive end, defensive tackle. Um, well, I guess Devin White's a linebacker. Um, 
defensive tackle, corner, defensive end, defensive end, defensive tackle. Um, I don't know. I, the, the thing about, like, people getting like, oh, you're no respect, no love. Like, I don't know. Top ten pick is still plenty of respect, <laughs> especially for a guy who was a second-round pick when the season started. Um, I think everybody gets excited, and he played – he had this incredible season, and he won all the awards pretty much. Um, and so he's moved up a ton. And if he goes 10th in the draft, then he moved up a ton and made a ton of money. Yes. Um, he was a no draft pick when he came to Kentucky. He was a no draft pick after his freshman season. He was probably a fringe draft pick after his sophomore season. And he was a second round pick after his junior season. And if he goes in the top 10 anywhere, then, you know, that's not disrespect. Now, guys will try, you know, and Josh Allen has commented. He weighed in on, on Cash's thing saying their guys will see. You know, they'll, they'll see soon enough. That's fine. Use it as a chip or whatever. I mean, he, I think he's, there's still a good chance he goes in the top five. Um, but if he goes 10th in the NFL draft, whatever. I mean, it doesn't, like, that doesn't strike me as, like, Josh Allen. Everybody's sleeping on Josh Allen. A two-star recruit goes 10th in the draft. Good for him. Everybody move on. And he can prove that he's better than the other nine guys if he wants to. I think it's total disrespect. And uh, Nick Bosa is going to be shown as a fraud. A complete fraud. Well, I don't, one, I don't think he's 10th. You know, I think, I think he's a top five guy. But the other thing, you know, healthy Nick Bosa is the, probably the best player. But he's nah. coming off an injury. He's had a couple injuries. I wonder about him long term. I mean, Josh Allen's never had a significant injury, has he? Not that I can recall. I mean, that's another thing you really got to like about him, which is another reason he set out the Senior Bowl. But uh, well, now you're stealing no, the next segment. Whatever. Right. Well, then we'll just move on to that. What do you think about his decision to sit out the Senior Bowl? Uh, to your, to our this discussion about, um, you know, him wanting to be a top pick. One, two would probably be where he thinks he should be. And actually, he thinks he should be number one. He made that very clear after the Citrus Bowl. He said, if I don't go number one, I don't know who, who will. Uh, but the Senior Bowl is a chance to play under and be coached by the two worst teams in the NFL's coaching staff. That's how they set that up. So he would have been looked at by Oakland and San Francisco. But he has decided to take a pass on it. I yeah, I mean, is he going? Is he going at all? Is he like? Nah, he didn't. He didn't show up. I don't think. Okay. Well, but I mean, um, the, they'll get to do the interviews at uh, the combine, I guess. Right. Yeah, I thought maybe if he was just going down there to be around him, but not participate. I don't know. You know why? Why put yourself in a position to to be exposed in any way or injury? I mean, yeah, but yeah, I mean, why let him pick you apart, and and why risk injury when you or like? That's the, as we were just talking about. So what if he slips a tenth? But he's going to slip a lot more than that if he blows his knee out in the Senior Bowl. Um, so I'm, you know, I, I think that's probably the right move. And and those top two teams know who he is. Um, he doesn't have anything to prove to them, and so um, I think it's probably the smart move. I, I did see, excuse me, uh, I think it was Chase Goodbread of um, NFL Network Goodbread. covers kind of the draft and. Um, the draft and college prospects along the way um, had a video of Derek Beatty with a, it looked like it's hard to tell, but it looked like he like hit the receiver in a senior bowl practice that was catching a ball. And then like, as he was 
running through the guy, like plucked the ball came loose and he plucked it out of the air. Yes. Um, so that was impressive. And I, and I think Derek Beatty will probably turn some heads at, at that event. Guys like him, you know, guys that aren't surefire top 10 picks, the, that's a great event for them to go and try to elevate their stock. I, I would imagine Derek Beatty will do that. Yeah. And there is a bunch of guys. Here we go. Um, let's see. Yeah. I got a, a tweet from Jim Nagy of SB Nation. And he is at the, the, the senior bowl, and he was kind of commenting on some of the guys in the defensive backfield that are there. And of those guys there, Mike Edwards, Lonnie Johnson, and Darius West. Um, I think what you were just talking about with Beatty was at the Shriner Bowl. I'm not 100% sure. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, th- yeah it's yeah, right. kind of splitting hairs there, but you got to kind of keep them straight a little bit. Um, and he had a little, little comments about all the guys uh, in, the, in the tweet. Uh, of Lonnie Johnson, he said, ascending former JUCO uh, prospect um, of Mike Edwards. He said, savvy slot, Mike Edwards. And then of Darius West, he said, top tester, which is not a surprise to anybody who pays attention to what the players say because anytime we talked about foot races, and that was a common occurrence with Terry Wilson on the roster and what he was doing on his Instagram stories at beating running backs, being faster than those. So we talked about that a lot. And Darius West was always mentioned, and so it's not surprising that he's testing well at that event, and I think that's going to be really beneficial to him um, because there's always one team that falls in love with numbers, and if he's doing well in the Senior Bowl, uh, and I don't know if he's invited to the Combine yet or not, but if he is, he'll be able to test well there uh, and probably improve his draft stock a ton. And you are talking about Josh Allen and when he was draftable and when people started paying attention to him. Uh, Darius West might have kind of, been the opposite where people might have been paying attention to him a little bit out of high school then he has those injuries and then they kind of just forget about him and now he's coming back uh, with a vengeance so uh, lots to lots to keep an eye on on that I think uh, I might do the Locked On Network obviously has some NFL draft uh, podcast as well and those guys were at the Bulls I was listening to uh, the Shriner and Senior Bowl I was listening to their podcast the other day might try to attempt to get them on or maybe at least get some comments from them on what they've seen from uh, the Kentucky guys. Uh, yeah, one, one thing we got to mention, uh, C.J. Conrad was injured, I believe, uh, at the East-West Shrine practices, uh, I think a shoulder injury. And so I think he's going to miss. I saw that somewhere today. Um, unless I'm making that up, but I feel certain that I did. Um, yeah, SB Nation, C.J. Conrad injured at practice. Um so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Yes, we will. We will update that as uh, we know more information. Uh, coming up next, we will talk about another school being dumb in the transfer. Then we have one quick Ashton Haggins note uh, and then a couple shout-outs. Uh, but before all that, I do want to tell you guys about Roman. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health, whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse. Guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, no awkward face-to-face conversations, or and no uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything discreetly on online. All you have to do is visit getroman.com slash locked. Fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with a doctor, 
and get FDA-approved ED meds delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Guys, go online and get checked by a doctor. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's really easy, so take care of it. For a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com slash locked. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N dot com slash locked for a free online visit. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. So, and this, we can connect this to Kentucky because it involves a former offensive coordinator, Neil Brown, who is now at West Virginia, and a former target to a certain extent, uh, who is now finally, after a day of shaming, is going to be a Mountaineer next season. He was with Oklahoma this year. And the irony of ironies is Oklahoma tried to block a transfer on the same day they got a transfer, which made them look even more ridiculous, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, they, and that that was the big headline of the day is, you know, Jalen Hurts leaves Alabama for Oklahoma. He wrote a letter in the Players' Tribune thanking the Alabama fans and announcing he was going to Oklahoma. Um, I mean, what a run of quarterbacks and all transfers. Uh, Baker Mayfield then uh, wins the Heisman. Uh, uh, then Kyler Murray wins the Heisman. And then, oh, the, the third guy that Lincoln Riley will have to replace him, the third transfer is merely a national championship winning <laughs> quarterback. Who what what was the stat like uh, twenty six and two as a starter or something? Um, so, you know that that was the big news. And then like within minutes or an, you know hour or so of the news of getting Jalen Hurts um, comes the news that they're attempting to block the transfer, not block, but to have him be. Uh, immediately eligible, uh, the quarterback whose uh, brother is Austin Kendall, right? Yeah, I'll, um, I'll double check. His brother had played as a walk-on wide receiver for Neil Brown at Kentucky, um, and Neil and, and Kentucky had recruited him, the quarterback brother, initially to Kentucky, uh, and so there was a connection there. And obviously now uh, Neil has been at, uh, went off to Troy and, and had a successful run as n- the new coach at West Virginia. And so there's, there's an obvious connection there. They had a pre-existing relationship and, um, with, you know, yet another quarterback coming in. And like I said, all of the previous guys were transfers. Um, this makes three guys basically that, that Lincoln Riley has chosen over you. Of course, you're going to leave. Um, now they're in the same conference in the Big 12, and I get that you don't want to have to face the guy, but tough. Um, you know, I never understand why these guys do that. It's like it's going to always go the same way. Well, you're going to you're going to puff your chest out. You're going to get publicly ridiculed, and you're ultimately going to give in, which is what happened. They did give in at the end of the day, um, and then you just look bad. Like it doesn't it doesn't help you with anything. And again, if you're gonna if you thought three other quarterbacks are better than this dude. Why are you afraid that he's going to go to one of your other, one of your rival schools and then beat you? You shouldn't be, or else you should have had him be the guy in the first place. Yeah, I, I guess that's just the business. And um, you had a good tweet to Doug Gottlieb today, talking some smack. <laughs> yeah, it was like uh, he was like, you know, the, they don't let people transfer within the conference. And and Jason Kersey, who I used to work with in SEC country and now works at the Athletic Cover in Oklahoma said they do in the SEC, and he did one of the, you know, word, period, word, period, to make his big point and and said, uh, this is not the SEC. And I said, yeah, that's right, because they don't have any national championships in the last decade and a half. 
you know, and, and, you know, and follow that up with the point that I just yeah, made. Just made. If, if you, if you thought all these other quarterbacks were better than this guy and you thought so little of him that like you've just gone out of your way to recruit over him at the position, why are you afraid he's going to beat you in the one time he'll play you before he's out of college? Yep. So good, good for the kid. You know, on the other end, really interested to see how Jalen Hurts develops. Yes. You know, under Lincoln Riley, because, you know, yes. passing was at time one of his bugaboos. I mean, at least relative to how he was as a runner. And, and, and if you compare him to, to, to a, uh, the guy that stole his job at Alabama, it's a, you know, another universe because two is so accurate. But um, it's a, a hell of a track record now that Lincoln Riley has with quarterbacks. And if he turns Jalen Hurts into another Heisman contender, um, you know, or certainly winner. He's been a Heisman contender at Alabama in the past. Um, that at that point, maybe you could stop getting transfers because I would think at that point you could have about any high school quarterback you yeah. want. And 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 they have you know they have a five star quarterback coming in. I'm sure that kid's thrilled. I mean, it's fine. He's he's a fresh going to be a freshman with a great name, Spencer Rattler. Um, but I would think that the li- the per- the line of quarterbacks stacking up in, in high school who want to play in that offense has got to get, be getting pretty long. Although uh, the only thing I would say there is you worry when you look at this trend, all they've played is, you know, plug and play one year transfers basically. So um, if you're a high school kid, do you want to risk that they recruit right over you before you ever get your chance? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. And uh, Daryl actually tweeted us yesterday uh, because on the quarterback transfer market, Tate Martell, who was at Ohio State, is going to Miami, and he tweeted us, wonder if this impacts Jaron Williams. I have no idea. Um, Good Lord, Jaron Williams to Kentucky Rumors, Volume 27. I mean, <laughs> like, if, if after all this stuff, Jaron Williams actually ends up here, that would be hilarious. It would and be what pretty a, funny. What a love-hate I mean, would, he, would anybody actually be excited about it? I would be, you know? because, like, you could, you should be, you could write, I don't know, thousands upon thousands of words of just describing how he almost came here 14 times and then eventually did. Well, that would be really fun. It'd take, it'd take about four. I know. That's what I'm to saying. Lay out, to lay out, to lay out his path to Kentucky. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You yeah. got, we got it. We got to do that. I guess that. I could finally use all the material I gathered when I went and spent a weekend in Georgia watching him play. And then he decommitted like a week later. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe those things are connected. Uh, a couple other tweets. Uh, Matt Boatman said, I'm a podcast hype man uh, because he tweeted out and he said, thank you. And then Steve Summer asked, when are you guys taking questions? Uh, I've got a few questions that are burning a hole in my pocket. We'll do answer some questions on tomorrow's podcast. So just tweet at LockedOnUK uh, if you have any questions. And we'll also preview Kentucky at Auburn. And Kyle and I will both be at that game a uh, quick shout out to Daniel who listens to the podcast out in Colorado. That's pretty cool. If you're listening somewhere kind of, you know, out around the world, we can track some of these things. We see like on a map that some people listen across the globe in like foreign countries, and that's pretty awesome. So tweet us, hit us up, let us know where you're listening to the show at Locked On UK. Uh, you can oh, follow- by the way, what? by the way, before you do that, uh, I meant to tweet this earlier. Uh, I was at the gym today, and okay. Todd Harris who a lot of Kentucky fans know. He's like a Kentucky... Worldwide Todd? Me. Yeah, Worldwide Todd. He's a Kentucky super fan. He goes to everything. He's on, like goes to all these crazy trips with them. And uh, and and apparently listens to the podcast because I, I said hello and he walked up to me and just didn't even say anything. He had his headphones in and he turned his phone and showed it to me and he was 
at the gym <laughs> listening to Locked On Kentucky. There you go. Uh, so thank you, Todd Harris. And, uh, you know, if any of the rest of you, well, you know, uh, and I, like I said, if you well, have a story about listening to us in a, in a weird place, whether it be a foreign country or at the Y next to me on the treadmill, uh, let us know. And I know some, some other people who have some other podcasts about Kentucky basketball that go a little <laughs> bit more behind the scenes. They might listen as well. So, um, yeah, those caramel popcorn lovers. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, yeah, there was no eating popcorn on this podcast. Uh, follow along with Kyle and I's work. You can find me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. You can find Kyle at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Listen to me weeknights 6 to 8 on 630 WLAP. Um, and be sure to find us on Facebook. Just search Locked on Kentucky. Read Kyle's work on The Athletic. Please rate, review, subscribe, um, and then also, most importantly, share this podcast with somebody else who would enjoy. Thanks again to LaRosas for sponsoring this edition of the show. We will talk to you guys soon. are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Hello? What kind of chips are those? Oh. Curtis.